BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 43 of Hashtag No Filter. Today's guest is Courtney Elmer, who is such an inspiration, and I'm going to read it directly from her site because it explains it perfectly. She helps high-achieving women create a clear path to wild success without the frustration or overwhelm. She she will explain her whole story, of course, but bottom line, or in a nutshell, she was extremely stressed with her job, extremely overwhelmed, not handling it properly ultimately led to cancer. She got thyroid cancer, a very aggressive thyroid cancer. She is fine now, thankfully, but that all came. She is, she is convinced part of the reason that happened, that health scare happened was due to stress and due to not, you know, handling that stress. And so she ultimately turned that into a thriving business now. And now she helps women and primarily women handle their stress, grow their business without the stress and finding time to still do what you love. And, uh, and she's doing incredible with it. And we really, we kind of, we talked a lot about stress in general, the word busy, how it should all be banished from our vocabulary (laughs) and just what we can do as a society, as women and men, uh, to not let this happen to us. And her motto is stress less, live more. And how nice would that be if we could all just like kind of shed the stress and just like live our lives? Wouldn't that be great? think it'd be amazing. And trust me, I am guilty. I told her on the podcast, I was like, I am guilty of saying I'm busy. I am so guilty of it. And I hate when I say it, I catch myself, but I still say it. I mean, we're all, it's kind of like a badge of honor. We talk about like this medal of honor if you're busy, which is so crazy. But anyway, we talked a lot about where to start when you are feeling that overwhelm and that stress, what to do about it, uh, how she decompresses and handles her stress and just her story. And um, I mean, she's truly cancer- she got married, then got cancer. And I mean, she literally got cancer and it was a wake up call for her. And she slowly started implementing things to change her life and change the course of her life. So this is a really great episode. I think there were so many great nuggets of wisdom and insight, really inspiring, really just great information that's easy to digest and you're going to love it. So without further ado, here is Courtney Elmer on episode 43 of Hashtag No Filter. Welcome, Courtney. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy we're doing this. I was just telling Courtney that I feel like this like has been a really long time coming because we I think we've had like 117 different dates and now it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But like I was just telling you, like everything in the perfect time, there is always, you know, a a reason behind it. And so I'm just glad we're able to connect today. 100%. Me too. So let's start by giving, can you give everyone a little background, who you are, kind of how you got here today? Um, I know that's pretty broad, but just a little background about who you are really and what what you do (laughs) yes absolutely so I am a lifestyle strategist and a stress expert Mm. and I help high achieving women create a clear path to create that wild success in their life that they want without the stress and the overwhelm amazing and something (laughs) I'm really passionate about yes I just love to challenge the status quo when it comes to stress and overwhelm being like an everyday part of our lives and our businesses because I believe that it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. and so I love educating people um, on this and around this topic of stress and overwhelm specifically amazing and how did you get how did you get into this well that is a story so yes. 
When I first started out in my career, it was in the corporate world, nine to five. Um, I was in network marketing at the same time. And so I was building, you know, what I thought was this side business, this side hustle that I had. So I was just working all of the time. I was single. I was young. I didn't have really anything else in my life going on. So I just worked. Yeah. And, and at the time, I thought that that was the fastest way to reach my goals was to work harder. And so fast forward a little bit, I wound up meeting this guy. We started dating. We fell in love. And he asked me to marry him, and I said yes, and so we're planning our wedding. And we got married, and everything was great. I mean, I had been super successful, you know, in my career up until that point. Um, you know, my, my side hustle business had grown into more of a full-time thing. I'd walked away from my 9-to-5 job. I was driving the luxury car paid for by the company. I had earned the right. all-expense-paid vacations, you know, met the man the, of my dreams. Like, all the things in life that someone from the outside yeah. looking in would have been like, yeah, amazing. But let me be honest with you here that I did not feel fulfilled at mm. all. Like on the inside, I would go to bed at night and just feel so empty. Yeah. And I felt like I had gifts and talents and things that I had been given that I just wasn't using. Mm -hmm. But I was just so I had built up so much at that point And I had so much external quote unquote, like success to show for all of my efforts that I didn't know how to change anything or to shift that because right. I was afraid of losing everything, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I was having this internal struggle going on, but I wasn't doing anything about it. I just kept getting up and going through the motions and just working my butt off all day long. Mm -hmm. And when we got back home from our honeymoon, I had a follow-up doctor's visit for a sinus infection that I had a couple of weeks before. And I went into the doctor, you know, thinking they're just going to check me out and everything was going to be good. And they sat me down that day and they told me, that things were not good. That things, in fact, were very, very bad. And I had cancer. Oh, my God. Like, yes. out of nowhere. Like, out of nowhere. And I tell you, I was in that. I mean, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting in that chair in the doctor's office. I still get goosebumps when I, when well, I tell I'm this. Sure it I, was oh, like, my God. Yeah. Like, in that moment, that is when I knew, like, something had to change. I couldn't keep going the way I was going at the pace that I was going, you know, right. Sacrificing all the things that I loved for what, like for the sake of success. Like it was just like was in, a, in that instant, right. it was like crazy to me. Like, wait, Courtney, what are you doing with your oh, life? You know, my, did they chalk it up to and like stress and anxiety was cause of this? Well, you know, it was so weird because it, I was first, I was the youngest case that my doctor had ever had of this particular cancer. Oh. It was thyroid cancer, but it was like an aggressive form and oh, kind of like gosh. had all these weird mutations. I know it was totally weird. Oh my gosh. No history in my family or anything. Mm. And they were like, you know, it could be environmental, you know, we're not really sure. It, it's not one of those things. We don't know if it's genetic. Like they couldn't really give me an answer, but mm -hmm. like between you and me and those listening today, yeah, yeah I definitely think it was stress related. Really? Like you, yes. you, without a doubt in your mind, there, there had oh, yeah. to be a correlation. Yes. Oh. Just because of the way that I had been working, the pace that I had been working, the pressure that I had been putting on myself, both internally, you know, mentally yeah. to do, to perform, to achieve. Yeah. And then actually doing it. Oh, it, you know, my um, gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that like, well, it's so interesting. And I know this is on a, a much smaller scale, of course, than cancer. But I have two friends in particular, one that I spoke to actually this morning, who have had physical ailments, like with their stomachs, guts, IBS, because of stress, like 100% correlated to stress. And, it, and it's true. Stress can cause physical problems. Yes. Like yes. crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. So when yeah. was this? When did when when did you get the diagnosis? So this. It was 2013 that this happened. 2013. Okay. And are you mm -hmm. in the clear now? Yeah. So Good. what happened after that was they took my thyroid out completely. Um, they did surgery. I went through a radiation treatment that summer in the hospital. That was a process to go through. Yeah. Um, and then from there, they just monitor me really closely. You know, every six right. months I go in for blood work. They'll do an ultrasound once a year. Like people always want to know those details. Like what do they do? Right. How do they tell? Like, yeah. you know. Um, and that's how they keep, you know, and so far, I mean, and I really believe like I'm healed, like everything is good. Um, oh I feel good and I'm just, just so grateful. Fun. I'm so grateful for the experience. Cause like as crazy as it sounds, like it had to happen, like it had right. to happen cause I wouldn't have discovered all the things on the right. back end, you know, you wouldn't have made the changes. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And I dread to think of where I would be had it not happened. Oh my. So, so once you got that diagnosis, did you do a complete 180 in your life? Well, In terms no. of work and career? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I, that was when the seed was planted. I will say that. Okay. Um, but because, you know, my identity was so wrapped up in what I did, I, I was such an achiever, a performer, a doer that I didn't really know like how to walk away from all of that. So I, right. I had to take very baby steps, um, really going through that, that treatment over that summer. You know, I, it was the first time I had ever slowed down like that in my life yeah. and only because I was forced to, Right. but it really, you know, it called a lot of things into question. And I really feel like I was able to reflect, you know, not only on who I was and why this was happening, but on what it was supposed to be teaching me, like what I was supposed to be learning from this right? and really what was next. Yeah. And, um, so it, it took, it was a process. Like it took a while before, you know, those changes, it, you know, like I said, I was like, work was a habit. Yeah. Work was an addiction for me, like of legitimately. Course. Right. So it took a while to, to heal from that. Right. But, um, but yeah, just slowly implementing those changes over time. So at what point did you leave the job that you had or what you were doing and start what you're currently doing? Yeah. So that was a few years after okay. the cancer. Um, it's 20, let's see, what are we in? 2019. What so are that we was in 2019? The, I know. I'm like, I don't even know what, <laughs> like what, what day, day is, is it? Year it is. What, where are we? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah. So 20, January, 2017 was when I officially launched my speaking and coaching business that I have now. Got it. Um, and 2016 was when I really was like making those made like more of the major shifts in my life and like really kind of getting that confidence to walk away from everything that I had built and say, you know what, I've got to follow my heart here yeah. and follow where I feel like I'm being called. Oh my so, God. And so now yeah. you help people to find kind of, to basically live a life stress-free or as stress-free as possible? Yes. To, to help them identify the root causes of what's even causing the stress in right. the first place right? and to eliminate it, you know, whether that be, you know, lifestyle changes, whether that be mindset changes, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole host of things that go into it, but really at the core of it and to put it, you know, in the nutshell version is to get to the root of the stress and overwhelm in the first place, Amazing. you know, um, and to help people release that. So that way, you know, they don't, it, to help them before it gets that bad, before that health crisis or life right. crisis or relationship crisis, you know, stops them in their tracks and then they have to make a change. Right. So you know? you're not and just helping them professionally, like with their careers, but also their personal lives and the work-life balance, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I work mostly with female entrepreneurs. Amazing. Um, I think because I'm a female entrepreneur and you just kind of, you know, like attracts like, but I have worked with people from all walks of life and, you know, really, and I tell people this too, you know, whether you are, whether you own a business, whether you are just working, you know, for a, a company or a corporation, you're in the corporate world, whatever you do, yes. there's a, there's a human element to it. Like mm -hmm. you, you yeah. are there. And so, you know, the business can't grow unless you do, you know, you can't advance in your career. Your career can't advance and grow unless you do. And right. so at the end of the day, we've got to look at the human behind all of that mm -hmm. and heal the human, you know? Yeah. Um, hundred percent so, yeah, approach that I take. You're doing a, ama that's amazing. You're changing lives, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that's because, so what, what would you say? Like, what I know you, I, you primarily focus on women, you said, Primarily women. Okay. Yeah. So what can women and men, but most, you know, women, um, prime, or, uh, what can we, I guess, what can we do as a society to not let this happen to us? Like, I mean, of course, aside from hiring you, but what can we, like, where could someone start if they kind of feel a little bit like, I, I don't know if I can handle it anymore. Like maybe their health is starting to come into question and, and they like, where can someone start to figure out what it is they want to do and how to eliminate that stress? Again, aside from yes. of course, hiring someone like you or you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. And such a good question. And you know, it all starts with awareness Yeah. and the core of everything. I mean, you know, this as well as I like awareness mm -hmm. that the stress and overwhelm was even happening in the first place, because one of the most common mistakes that I see in our society across the board, men and women is that we've become accustomed to thinking that in order to have more, we have to do more. Yeah. And that if we are not busy, then we are somehow a failure. You know, like if we're right. not working towards this ideal version of our life and this ideal version of success that we crave, then, you know, we're failing. And it's, right. it's this all or nothing mentality that happens. 
ends. When in reality, that's not true. And in reality, stress and overwhelm are not normal. I mean, if you think about it, even just from a biological perspective, stress is there to alert us to danger, right? I mean, that whole fight or flight response. But so often in our daily lives, we just think that stress is normal and we don't go deeper with it. We don't look at it and become aware and get present to why that stress is even happening. Right. And the reason that it is, is because there's danger there. Mm -hmm. It's indicating that we are off track and we've got to start paying attention to that and listening, listening to what it's teaching us. So because it's almost like it's become, it's kind of like the word busy. Like, how are you? Oh my God, I'm so busy. Like everyone's so busy and so Mm -hmm. stressed and everything is stressful. And it's like almost become like, I don't, I don't even know the right word, but I feel like it's not something we should necessarily be proud of. No, (laughs) I say this all the time and you might've heard this, but it's like, you know, Busy has become this badge of honor for badge people. Badge of honor. That's what I was thinking and of. Yes. Yes. And it's like, but it's, it shouldn't be. Wait, no. why? What? There's like so many other things that I would rather be known for, you know? Right. <laughs> Not being busy. Not being busy. Like, right. We're all busy. Like we all have stuff going on. It's like, let's just like yes. take that word out of our work. I mean, and please, I'm just, I'm so guilty of saying I'm busy. <laughs> like it's, I'm, I'm in it. But I still feel like that word should almost be removed from the vocab. <laughs> like totally. It's yeah. Crazy. No, like, like seriously, because you know what? Our language creates our reality. Right. And I don't want them to put that on my tombstone. Like no. busiest girl ever, you know, like really? No, that's not the legacy I want to leave. No. <laughs> that's so no. It's, and speaking of, you said language creates your reality. So I imagine this is, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like I fully believe in the power of, you know, manifestation, what you put out there, you get, like, I assume you firmly believe in that as well. Mm-hmm. based on what yeah. you said. Yeah. I mean, it's true, right? Like how, how can it not be? <laughs> like you're, Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. And so often that's another thing people miss is they think, you know, language just describes our reality, but it actually also creates it. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to get really, really attuned to what we are saying. You know, if right. you say that you're trying to do something, well, guess what? Your brain is going to create a state of trying. Right. <laughs> like you'll never actually do it because you will always be trying trying to do it. it. And it's just, yes, it's just these little things that we don't even realize. Cause again, we're not aware of it. You got awareness. You got to get back to that awareness and it starts with that and busy. You know, if you say, Oh, I'm so busy, then your brain is going to look for that and find evidence Mm -hmm. of it in your life to affirm it. Just like whenever you're looking for a new car and all of a sudden, you know, this new like sporty Lexus you see that you really had your eye on, like, then you start seeing it everywhere and you're like, well, I can't get that car. Everybody has that car, you know? (laughs) It's true though. It's kind of, isn't it? I don't know where I read this somewhere, but that your brain doesn't necessarily know the words or not know the words, but like associate, like if you say, I'm not, what am I trying to say? Like I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. It only picks up the trying. It doesn't pick up X, Y, and Z. So if you're saying I'm not X, Y, and Z, it picks up the not right. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Like I could talk to you all day about this. I, I teach, love this, this topic. A, I, me too. <laughs> I teach about this in a huge way inside of my programs on my stress less retreat, because this is something that a lot of people don't realize. So we all know that we have an unconscious mind, right? Yes. A lot of people call it their subconscious. Yes. I like to call it unconscious. Cause I think sub is like, I think of that as under and right. your unconscious mind is not less than your conscious mind. They're equal. <laughs> so right. I just say conscious and unconscious. So your unconscious mind is responsible for like over 20 major things, you know, in your body. I mean, right. not only just like biological functioning, so you don't have to think about breathing and blinking and, right. you know, your heart pumping and all that, but it's also responsible for storing all of your memories, all of your past life experiences, your emotions, all yep. those things. And so your unconscious mind needs really clear orders. And so, you know, when you talk about manifesting and, you know, we get into these conversations about, you know, just going after what you want and taking the action and reaching goals and all of this. You've got to give your unconscious mind clear orders Mm -hmm. toward what you want. Mm -hmm. And your unconscious mind can't process negative language. So exactly. I mean, like, think back. I always use this example. I mean, think back to when you were a girl. Like, if you ever went over to, like, slumber parties, right? Right. I remember this. I'd be at a slumber party. And then all of a sudden, someone would be like, okay, I'm changing my pajamas. Don't look. And then what would everybody in the room do? (laughs) We would all look. Because it's like. Your brain has to do what you're telling it not to do in order to know how not to That's do it. That's wild, but it's so it's true. It's wild. Yes. Wow. So, so yeah. So think about it. Like, and I use this example too, because like motivation and willpower, right? People think, well, I just need to stay motivated. Yes. No, it's about communicating to your unconscious mind what you want and what you want it to focus on. Because like if you're using weight loss, right? And right. someone wants to lose, say, 20 pounds. 
most of the time, people say, I don't want to be overweight. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way my clothes fit. I don't want, I don't like the way I look in pictures. Right. So that's what's motivating them. And then the more steps they take, the more weight they lose, the farther away they're getting from what's motivating them in the first place. Because because the mind takes it, when the mind doesn't hear the can't and all of that. Yes. Right. And so, you know, they hit this plateau, right? And then they wind up right back where they started because they're focusing on what they don't want. And the mind, the unconscious mind can't process that it doesn't know what to go after because it only is knowing what not to go after it's so wild that that because I know it's it's just like so crazy to think about but it's even it I don't know if you could if this would kind of relate but along the lines of dieting and whatever if you kind of say I cannot eat the cake aren't you going to want the cake more I mean yes right it's sort of sort of similar I guess Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I actually, there's a book that I just, um, I'm in the middle of reading it right now. It's called Intuitive Eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it talks a lot about that. You know, how like, we've gotten so far away from listening to our body. Yes. And from just giving ourselves permission. And so we put all these restrictions. And I think we do this elsewhere in our life, too. I and mean, we do this in so many ways. I can't do that. I have to do this. I don't do right. what want to do this, you know. And so we're not communicating in a way that's effective. With our unconscious mind, like our unconscious mind wants to serve us. It wants to support us. It wants to help us. But we've got to consciously get in alignment with it. And the way to do that is to just clearly communicate what you do want. Stop making your unconscious mind jump through hoops, you know? Right. But it's, I guess, like when you're so used to talking to yourself a certain way, I mean, I imagine it's kind of like a muscle, like you, you have to train your or retrain yourself, right? Oh yeah. And you have to become, again, you have to get aware to it. Like that's the first step. Yeah. That awareness. So that's what you you would say. So, um, you know, someone kind of just feeling so overwhelmed and, or, or, or not even knowing if overwhelm is what they're feeling. Maybe they're just kind of feeling all over the place, but it's kind of like taking a step back and becoming aware of that feeling. Yes. And then asking themselves, what is this overwhelm and stress? Where is it telling me that I'm off track? Right. You know, because because again, it's an indicator. And so, you know, I, kinda, I know we kind of went on a full tangent. Now we're like, why do you <laughs> I love it. Back full love tangents. <laughs> but I love it. I know. Um, but yeah, that stress and overwhelm is always an indicator that something deeper is going on. And right. it's our job to figure that out. And I think we intuitively know, but we're, we're so busy all the time. Yep. And busyness is often a way to avoid. It really yep. is an avoidance mechanism for a lot of people um, that, you know, to not take a look at the harder things that might be going on, you know, well, cause it's the not distance easy to they, see, right. It's not easy no. to look at the harder things. Oh no, it's right. not. It's tough. You know, and a lot of times it's out of our comfort zone. Yep. We want to go there, right. but that's where the healing is. And that's where the transformation is. And, right. you know, if you're staying busy to avoid, you know, maybe the distance you're feeling in your relationship, or if you're staying busy to avoid, you know, um, and something else that might be going on in your life, you know, it's a really great distractor. It keeps us distracted, but those feelings of stress and overwhelm, you know, it really does even on a biological level, triggering that fight or flight. Yeah. And we've got to go deeper, you know, and we can't just keep fighting it or running from it. Like, right. We've got to figure out the root cause and heal it and heal it. So if, if someone's in, you know, and of course it's not like a one time conversation with you. I mean, it's an ongoing process I imagine, or I know, but if someone's just really unhappy at work or work is the root of their problem, I mean, do you, I, I assume the answer is, I don't know, but do you jump to saying, okay, we need to find you another job or there's something deeper going on that's causing them to feel X, Y, and Z at work. Oh, there's something even deeper, even deeper. Yes. So it's not always jumping to, Oh my God, I need another job. I need another job. It's not always that. No, because you know, have you ever noticed in life and maybe you've experienced this, maybe some, you know, someone listening has experienced this. Maybe you've had a friend or someone that has, and it's like they change their environment, but the problem that they're experiencing goes with them. Yes. It follows them. I've been there. Yes. I've been there. I've totally had this happen. And I, I thought mistakenly that, you know, this grass is greener mentality. It's like, well, no, the grass is greener where you water it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a so, quote. I've seen that quote on Pinterest and I fucking love it. <laughs> yes. 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 Don't you? I just love it. And so it is so true. So our problems follow us around. And what happens is we wind up in the same similar situation in a different yes. environment, but nothing has actually changed. Yes. So just changing our environment 
is not the solution. We've got to look inside. And so what I, this is something that people are probably going to hate me for saying this. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I can be hated. Like I'll get on my soapbox and you can love me, you can hate me, whatever. But um, no, what I tell people is you've got to start looking at where you're avoiding personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. What are you avoiding in your life? Right. And so the easiest way to start to notice, because again, going back to that awareness, we've got to become aware. Right. The easiest way to start becoming aware of where we might be avoiding looking at whatever the hard thing is in our life, mm-hmm. you know, we're staying busy to avoid that, mm-hmm. is to start keeping track of what you're complaining about. Right. Because, And I tell people, keep a complaint journal, like yeah. literally for the next week. Write down everything that just bothers you. Yeah. Because if something bothers you, if there's a button that's being pushed, it's up to you to remove the button. It's not up to anybody else. And there's a reason why that button's being pushed. And the only way to get the button to stop being pushed is to learn the lesson you need to learn that's in that lesson, that's wow. in that experience that is, for you. So like if some, if a friend of yours is bothering you or they keep getting under your skin, there's there's something in you, there's a reason for that. Yes. It's not just like she's an annoying person. Well, maybe she is, but, right. but there's something more. Right, maybe she is. Right, maybe yes, she is, there's but there's something, something so it's kind of, and it's hard because I've been there where I've had to look, you know, I, I'm, I'm please, I mean, I love therapy, I'm in therapy, I've been in therapy for years, I, I, oh, I yeah. swear by it, and I, I love it too. and it's hard, like, I'll have sessions with my therapist, and I'll go home, and like, I don't want to see what we just uncovered, like, I'm really not ready to, to go there, because it, it's seeing your flaws, and your issues, and so it's hard. Yes, Yeah, but that's, it is. I love a complaint journal. That's yeah. Great. And it sounds kind of negative, right? Because it's like, and it's right. not like we want to spend the rest of our life complaining no. and keeping track of all the complaints. Like, that's not the point. No, no, no. <laughs> but the point is to just start to become aware, you know, of what we're complaining about because what we complain about are our buttons being pushed. Like, right. those are the things, right? Something that someone said or that yes. someone did or something that's annoying you. Yes. But look at it this way they didn't make you feel the way you're feeling. Correct. Because you, you can control that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you control that. You are choosing to feel that way. And so I had this situation come up. There was someone in my family who I really struggled with for many years. Like I never felt close to this person. I always felt criticized by them. I always felt like put down by them. Like I could never do anything right in their eyes. So I felt. Mm -hmm. And this went on for years. And I just got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can really tolerate this person anymore. Like I just have to like cut ties with them. Right. And it was that flight like that. It was like, finally I had gotten to a point where I just wanted to run away and not deal with it. But we, we encountered this a lot, like with family members or stuff, like you can't just change your environment. Even if you did, it's not going to solve the problem. It's not solving it. No. So what I realized after going through, you know, a lot of just self-development and personal work, this is a journey that has taken years. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. But one day I realized that the reason this person bothered me so much whenever they opened their mouth was because that was actually how I talked to myself in my head. Wow. How did you discover that? Like, wow. (laughs) That's like something. Well, I, so I had a business mentor at the time and she's a dear friend now. And she had kind of helped me help point this out. And she was just asking me different questions one day to try to help me get to like the root of why this was happening, you know, and just helping me become more aware. And I so appreciate when people always, you know, ask you those tough questions because it's the questions we don't want to face. Of course. We don't want (laughs) to answer, but it's the ones that are going to help, you know? And I don't remember exactly what she asked me, but whatever it was, that was my answer. And it was like, whoa, I don't even know where that came from. But it was so it resonated so deeply with me. And it was like on a gut level, I just knew. And it was because this person was kind of like a physical manifestation of the inner critic that I already was beating myself up with day in and day out. Yeah. And so once I really took responsibility, right, and took ownership of that, and just accepted myself for where I was, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, wow, like, I have really been hard on myself. Like, where's that inner nurturer? How can I start to love myself more and give myself more of that grace? Yes. 
and start to heal that part of me that she was a mirror for, you know, she was showing me that part of me that I didn't want to look at. But once I saw it, it was like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's like, that is something, I mean, I guess you really have to know or be on the journey of knowing yourself to like discover that because that's not an easy thing to just say, oh my God, that's why I'm annoyed with her. Exactly. But I give this as an example because, you know, it really does go so deep sometimes. And let me tell you, this person is still in my life to this day. Mm -hmm. I can be in the same room with her. Mm -hmm. I can have pleasant conversations with her. I have no problems being around her. I even laugh at some of the stuff she says sometimes because I'm like, Like, I really talked to myself that way. That was so terrible. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, but it brought that closure. And so I I give, and like you said, yes, you, you know, typically this, you know, you don't wake up tomorrow and realize, oh, this is why. No, right. But it's all about becoming more aware. Be you know, so that's, that's present the, to it. That's everything. Like that's the number yeah. one thing. <laughs> that's it. And just to start to look for those lessons that are there that are meant for you. you well, know? it's kind of like I had someone on the podcast, the episode hasn't gone live, but on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we were talking about, um, we were talking about anxiety came up and, and she was explaining a situation where she was having all this anxiety and, and she didn't know why, but finally like really like bad panicky. And then once she kind of allowed herself to feel it, she made herself aware, allowed herself to feel it. It kind of went away. It's almost like the same thing, like awareness and letting yourself like feel the discomfort almost. Yes. Yeah. And this is something it's so sad. And this is like part of why, you know, I am just, I don't even have the words because it's like I just feel the emotion coming yeah. up in my body right now. Where it's yeah. like I'm just even trying to put it into words. But it's like, you know, to really change the status quo in our culture mm-hmm. and to teach people about their emotions mm-hmm. because we're not taught about this. Nope. Like we are not taught growing up how to feel things. Right. We're taught to avoid it. We're taught to pacify it. Yeah. You know, we're given ice cream when we're crying yeah. because, well, it's going to make you happy, you know? And so then we spend our lives chasing after these things to make us happy when really all it is is just getting present to and becoming yeah. aware of and accepting, accepting. our emotions mm-hmm. and who we've been created to be. Right. And not pushing it under the rug, not ignoring right. it. Right. Right. And it's hard. Again, like I know it. it's hard. Like I, I feel oh, like yeah. this whole journey is really like forever, like until kind of the day you die, you're like evolving, I think, or I think you should be. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I agree. Unless you have it all figured out, in which case I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) In which case, teach me your ways. Right. Teach me. But no, it's true. It's really true. So like, so what do you, so obviously you've been through a lot yourself and then you, you have this business, this, you know, thriving business where you help others. What do you do at you in your life when you either, when you feel that overwhelm, that, that overwhelm feeling coming on, that stressful feeling, like, I guess, how do you decompress? Is it meditation? Is it the complaint journal? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So personally, I journal a lot. Okay. That's where I really, you know, your unconscious mind will give you what you need to heal. You just have to slow down long enough to listen. And so for me, for some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's getting out, you know, and just breaking up routine and just going away or, traveling or whatever. For me, I love, I love to journal because it's something that I could easily do in the course of my day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very long. And typically when I sit down, even if it's just to write a sentence or two, it's amazing the connections that I'm able to make. Cause there actually is a thing that happens between your brain and your body when you physically write. Huh. And so it's like literally things are flowing out of your brain through your body onto the paper. And it's just right. kind of cool. This, this process, I won't go into the science behind it, but it's there. Like, but they even say when you it, take you notes, look. right? Like yeah. taking notes, writing them out versus digitally or whatever it, it helps. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what I do is I always like, I lead my life with this question because I believe the quality of our lives are, is determined by the quality of the questions we ask, huh. ask ourselves. And, you know, a lot of times we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. You know, we, we get to a point in life where we're feeling frustrated or stuck or overwhelmed. And we're like, well, what am I not doing? What am I doing wrong? You know, we're just not asking ourselves good questions. And so instead, the main question I ask myself is what am I, what is meant for me in this? Like, what am I meant to learn from this? I love What's that. What's the lesson here for me? And it's such a simple question, yeah. but it really just pulls you in and helps you get present to what's going on. And yeah. then even, you know, you can journal a bit asking yourself, what am I feeling right now? 
And you might have a hard time actually writing. I mean, there are like a myriad of emotions. Like there are countless emotions, yeah. but most people can only name like anger, right. sadness, <laughs> right. and afraid. Like, right. <laughs> you know, because so it just shows like this lack of emotional depth that we have. And it's a cultural problem. Like it's no, it's no one's fault. It's just that it's, we're not taught this. So you've got to start somewhere and just start getting present to what you're feeling. Yeah. Even if you can't really put words around it. See if you can describe it as best you can, yeah. what you're feeling, and just allow yourself to feel that. Because when, you know, when we're feeling fear or when we're feeling hurt or when we're feeling sadness, any emotion, when you can kind of flip that switch on and shine the mm -hmm. light on what it is that you're feeling, on what you're experiencing, yeah. you know, it's like entering a dark room. It feels kind of scary uh -huh. and a little bit, you know, you're apprehensive because you're like, I don't know what's in here. But then when you turn the light on, you're like, oh, no big deal. Okay, I just got to walk around this box and yes. move over that chair and like, I'm good. And that's it. It's the same thing in our life. We've got to just flip the switch on. And the key to doing it is to slow down, yep. to get present and to listen. And the way to prompt that is to just ask yourself really good the, questions. So when you ask yourself the question, you know, what did I learn or what could I learn from this? What did I learn for this? What was the lesson? Is there always one or is there sometimes is it hard for you to find that lesson? Yeah, sometimes it's just pieces and parts, you yeah. know, where it's like you, you just get a little bit more self-aware. Um, sometimes you just still feel kind of in the dark. Yeah. Sometimes it all becomes clear. But I think what happens in life is that, you know, as we go through, we pick up little puzzle pieces along the way. And we're not necessarily meant to put them all together right away. Cause like, where would the fun in that be? You know, right. so we might be working on the little corner down here on the left side. And then later we're working up. Yeah on the top right hand corner and then we find a few pieces in the middle and then you know you get the little row going across the top and then eventually as we live and as we go through the picture of our life and who we are and who we were designed to be and you know it starts to unfold it starts to come together yes. but sometimes you can only see little bits and pieces of it like up close you know as those are coming together yes. so you know don't don't, you know, walk away from listening to this episode and be like, okay, great. I'm going to journal. I'm right. going to figure out all my life problems. Like <laughs> don't set yourself up that way because, you know, we set up, we place these expectations. Yep. There's a difference between expectation and intention. Yes. You know, we've got to yes. get, well, get I think comfortable that, with that where it's like we're not setting right. these expectations, but just the intention of becoming aware and learning about ourselves, you know? And well that, and I feel like that kind of, I, I like journaling, also meditating, maybe a, a ton of other things where people, me, people, I mean, also me, like I'll sometimes like kind of get on a journaling kick and then there's like one day I can't do it. And then I'm like, fuck it. I already fucked it up. I can't yeah. journal anymore. Like, it's almost like chill out, Julie. Like we don't need to <laughs> like yes. solve all the world's problems today. Like it, do what you can, right? Do your best. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I tell people like set the intention, not the expectation. Yes. Because just like you said, and I am so guilty too, where I'm like, yay. I mean, it's with anything, right? It's with a new diet. It's yes. with a new exercise routine. It's like, I'm going to do it. But then it's like, wait, but if I can't do it perfectly, then I can't then do I it Then I can't at all. do it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we fall back into this all or nothing mentality where it's like, no, no, no. It's not about practice doesn't make perfect. Yes. Practice is to make permanent. I love that. It's true because yeah, it's like I have this expectation. Okay. I have to do this every day, but if I just have, okay, my intention is yes, I'd love to do it every day, but if I don't, that's okay. But it's like all or nothing. It's right. crazy. I know. Okay. So journaling is a big thing for you. That's it's a very big, big one for me. Okay. Yeah. So do you meditate? Yeah, you or should do... see my journals. I literally have like a shelf full of journals. Oh, that's and awesome. <laughs> Are you going to publish them one day or is it like super private? Like, do you, will you make a book? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's actually interesting that you're saying this, but I'm in the process of writing a book right now. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. And so a lot of that is coming into it. It's not really like public knowledge yet. So you guys are getting like oh, an inside sneak peek whenever this episode content. drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sneak something peek. that's like a passion project of mine. And, cool. um, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be one of those boring things where like you're reading someone's diary, you know, but just kind of taking these yeah. lessons and these learnings and pulling from it. No, and it's amazing. You have so many good lessons. And I feel like the way, I mean, I, I imagine your clients and people you work with just from this conversation, like you, they're very, um, like easily, easy to digest. Like you're not like spitting off like science shit, you know, like the science yeah. behind it. It's just very easy to digest. And I love it. <laughs> well, and here's the the reason why is because I really see this in our industry a lot, you know, as coaches and yep. healers and transformational right. workers, all these things, whatever people call themselves, you know, coaches at the end of the day. Like, yeah. yeah. But, um, but it's like in this industry, I see two camps of people. I see people that are either teaching mindset mm -hmm. and only mindset or technical how to and strategy 
and only that. And what I have noticed is that you need the mindset stuff, absolutely, because if we've got mindset issues holding us back, then we're not going to be able to get anywhere. Right. But if you don't have the technical how to implement it piece, then you, it's kind of like the equivalent of walking away from a conference with like a book, a, you know, a journal full of notes. And you're like, yeah, I feel so inspired. Yeah. And you're like, wait, how do I apply this to my life? Yes. You know? and, and so you don't do anything because you don't know how to yes. do it. And then on the flip side, if you only know how, but you've got mindset issues holding you back. Well, it doesn't matter how good you are at something or how well you know how to do it. If you have all the perfect steps, if you've got a mindset thing going on, then you're not going to be able to get to where you want to go. So right. I am really, really a huge advocate for teaching both mindset and strategy Love that. because I want people to not only grasp the concept, but to be able to walk away with a tangible piece that they can implement into their life right then and there. Like when I speak right. from stage, I tell people that I'm like, I want you to walk out of here with value Right. And to know exactly how what I'm teaching you today can yes. be implemented into your life, you know, for or else you. What's the point? So, right? yeah, I'm like, right. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. You know, because then you walk away feeling inspired and be like, yay, rah, rah. And then, okay. Well, and then why? Like, yeah. <laughs> I love so, that. No, totally. it's, you can tell, though, just by the way you talk and even like on your website and how you're answering all these questions and speaking on things like it's very easily to easy to digest. And it's and I think that's just such a huge part. Like you want to listen to more of what you're saying. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. So I received that. I appreciate that. Oh, I really, well, I really do. Great. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, my goodness. We'd be here all day. <laughs> all I got like, four journals worth of stuff to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I would just tell her to slow down. Yeah. Slow your roll. Slow you down. know, you've got one life to live and there are so much bigger problems out there and there are so many, not so much, so many yeah. bigger problems out there in the world than, um, you know, what, what you're going to dye, what color you're going to dye your hair and yeah. like, you know, what, what trip you're going to go on next with the bonus you earn. Like, I'm not saying that those aren't good things in life and you can't have good things in life. And like, I like to have my hair blonde. It's really brown, right. but I like it blonde. <laughs> like, that's fine. But totally. you know, just like get present to your life. Like, yeah. I, you know, I have gone through so much in my own journey just with having probably, you know, I, I would, I would guess to say, and, and not to put this out in a way to compare with anyone else's journey, but to say that my life experience sitting here at 31 versus what most people have experienced by 60, you know, yeah. there's a lot that's been crammed into those 31 years. Oh, and gosh. so I'm just, I'm so grateful for what I've learned from it. And like you had said earlier, like I always want to be learning. I never want yes. to stop learning. I always want to be growing. And I just, that's the space I love to live in. Right. Um, but to just, you know, if I were to tell my younger self that like, you know, slow down, get present and just, just live for today, today, you know, yep. and live your life to your fullest. Like, don't get so caught up in the nitty gritty and, yep. you know, these little things that really on a bigger, you know, kind of life view, it's just really not important. It's not important. You know? Right. It's what is it they say? Important. Like, I don't know who they are is, but it's like right. that question. Like they say, um, is this something you're going to care about in an hour, in five days, in five yes. months, five years, then forget it. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is so, so, yeah. so good. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. So then in terms of what, and this might go along with that advice you give to your younger self, but what motto or quote do you try to live by every day? Or even just your favorite quote or something you really try to, to think about often? Yes. So it's a concept. So it's called the 80% solution. Oh. And growing up, my dad used to always tell me, he's like, Courtney, just focus on the 80% because nobody really cares about the other 20%. And I used to like be appalled by this because I'm like, yeah. dad, what do you mean? I have to give a hundred percent. Like I'm always right. going to give my best. I want to do my best. I want people to know I'm doing my best, you know? Yeah. And I was like on this like, like quest to do my best. Right. And I think that's probably because I'm also a one on the Enneagram now. Uh. Now I know this and I'm like, Oh, okay. A little misperfection. Right. <laughs> yeah. But totally but what he was trying to tell me, you know, to my teenage like self that he saw me like on this quest for perfection. He was just trying to tell me that Courtney, you're the only one that cares that much. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to do a bad job. It doesn't mean to lower your standards. It right. means to do your best, but to, to recognize that 80% is enough. 80% is perfect I love, enough. So this is called no the 80% solution. What did you, 80% solution? The 80% solution. 80% solution. Wow, yeah, I like that. Because no, no one's looking that close anyway. You know, yeah. they're all so concerned with their own stuff that they don't, they don't know. That, and here's the other thing. They don't know that your 80% is not your 100%. Correct. So if you do that 80% to the best of your ability, 
nobody else is going to know that you had more to give. And in doing that, you, you save yourself from burnout and from exhaustion right. and from giving so much that you have nothing left. Right. Because, you know, you've, you've given it all. Exactly. So exactly. always save a little for you. Save I, that 20% for you. I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, God, this is great. There's so many like great nuggets of wisdom and insight. In this you can like Insta quote all of this. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, I need to create a lot of graphics. <laughs> Um, okay. So before we get to the end, we have my rapid fire round, which is a lot of fun questions. That, I mean, all the questions are fun, but these are ones that like probably have, no, have nothing to do with like your work and what we were talking about. So just first thing that comes to your mind, don't okay, overthink it. it. Okay. okay. If someone played you in a movie, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Sandra Bullock. Oh, I love Sandra Bullock. Hi, just Tom. Just, you just love her. Yes, I do. She's the I best. Do. And I feel like she plays a variety of roles really well. So she, she, does. she could do it. She can handle it. She could totally. I love it. So what would either the movie be about, the premise or the title of it? Like what would what would it be? Mm. Oh, gosh. I know. Well, I don't know about a title, but the first thing that pops in is just like, you know, a, like a newlywed overcoming cancer. Like, yeah. Like, you're, like you, you would know? be your life story maybe. Yeah. I guess my life story oh, and like that. what I've learned and um, – but, but even – more like the raw and realness, like behind what that experience was like, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think Sandra Bullock could totally play that. I think so. I think so for sure. I love it. Okay. What, um, if you could have drinks or coffee or a meal with anyone living or dead, who would it be? Hmm. Hmm. I know it's tough. This is such a tough question. I know. And you know, what's funny is like my brain is really kind of blank right now. Like I'm not just like trying to pick who I would say or whatever. I mean, right. the first person that really popped, I guess was my grandma. Oh, I love that. Because yeah, you know, I didn't really get to know her that well. When I was growing up, um, only one of my grandparents was living. It was my grandmother. Uh -huh. And I knew her for, you know, the early years of my life, but I never really got to know her. Like, other than just right. like, oh, she's my grandma and she gives us cookies, yes. you know? Yes. And so I just feel like she was a single mom of four, um, four kids. And her husband had died in a tragic accident, oh. actually, when she was pregnant for my dad. Oh. And I just feel like she probably had so much life experience and yeah. wisdom to be able to give and pass on. And I would have loved to have get, gotten that from oh, her. I love oh, that's nice. Um, what about, okay, what about your celebrity crush? Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know if I'm going to, I think his last name. Okay, well, I think his his real name is Gabriel Mocked. I probably butchered his last name, but he's Harvey Specter from Suits on USA. Oh, okay. I was like, like I don't know who this is. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I even said his name right. And I don't even know if that's his real name because I know him as Harvey from oh. Suits. <laughs> from Suits. Awesome. Yes. That's your celebrity. Super oh, cutie. Fun, fun. <laughs> what about um, if there was an airplane outside your door right now? Where would you have it take you? If money was no object, you didn't need a pack, everything was all set to go. Where would where would you have it fly you? Um, probably. Probably Paris and just like drop me right in there and yeah. just like go explore Europe yep. some more. I love yeah. Europe. Oh, yeah. I like that. What about if you were not doing what you're currently doing for your work, what would you be doing? Hmm. Dancing. Oh, are you a dancer? Well, not not technically, but I love to dance. And oh that's actually God. one of my things. So like lately in my life, I've realized, like, I guess probably also because I'm a one on the Enneagram, like I'm a pretty structured person. I'm pretty love my, you know, I love my routine and I can kind of get into a rut with it sometimes. Yeah. So I'm really experimenting a lot with like play and spontaneity. Cool. And I've always loved to dance. So I'm really looking for some hip hop classes in my area because it's like, I just want to go learn yes. how to do it and just like kind of freestyle and just like play I, I would love I have been looking for hip-hop classes for so long I never found them there's I, one class, hard to find. it's really hard to find there's one here that's very cool and fun but I'm just I feel like everyone there is so good and I'm not a I'm not good and I don't want to feel like insecure like I just want to go and have fun yeah. and it's hard to yeah. find it is I know I wow. found a couple here but they're kind of in like sketchy neighborhoods yeah. so I'm like hmm you're like <laughs> Maybe okay, I'll I don't know if I'm gonna do that but so you would be an instructor and do it myself <laughs> right right oh my god so you'd be a dancer yeah, that's so, that's so funny because I like I would be an actress if I could like that would be my and it's so funny because it's like one of those things like I have no skill like I, I don't know why but I just love it <laughs> like I don't know why <laughs> but I love I it. I know it's crazy to think it's so cool. Yeah that's fun that's fun okay awesome well before we fully wrap up where can everyone find you website Instagram Twitter whatever you're on where all the places. 
Yes. Come find me on the gram. I am there all the time. And what I do is I really share a ton of value there. I'm in my stories a lot, like giving tips behind the scenes and kind of an inside look at, you know, how I stress less in my day and how you can do the same. So at Courtney Elmer underscore. Love it. Put that little underscore behind it. Did you not, um, was Courtney Elmer already taken? Yes. And it's like some, okay, it's some weird account that I'm like, I don't know who this person is and they haven't posted in like two years. So I've kind of thought about messaging them. Hey, can I just like take over your account? (laughs) You should. I've heard that to happen before where people have to do the underscore, like a letter or a number and they can just, they message them. And sometimes the people are like assholes about it, but other times it works. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Courtney Elmer underscore. Yes. Okay. And then website. And then website site CourtneyElmer.com. Easy, 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 easy. So people find you. So I, that, I it's true because I obviously follow you on Instagram now. Your Instagram's very interesting. Like people, like it's not just like pretty photos. Like it's information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I aim to add value. Like I want to give you a look at my life too, yes. which I do. Yes. And you'll see, you know, my son on there, my husband and us right. being goofy and stuff. But you know, I really want to give you value. Like that's, you know, to me, even though I run a digital business, I believe in the power of technology because like it's what connects me to you. It's yeah. what connects me to people. Yeah. And so, you know, there there's heartbeats behind those screens. And exactly. I just wanna, Sometimes you know, people forget, wanna, but there are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people. I know. And it's so true. And so, you know, I want you to really um, to come and to learn something. I feel like you learned something. And yes. just like I hope, you know, as you walk away from this episode today. You yes. Something. Oh, my God. I feel like I've learned. Like, I feel like I have a lot that I'm like thinking about now. <laughs> Good. In a good way, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So no, it's amazing. Okay, so thank you so much, Courtney, for being on Hashtag No Filter. This was so informative and insightful. Thank you. Oh, Julie, thank you for having me. I appreciate oh you. Oh my God, of course. So everyone follow Courtney at Courtney Elmer underscore until she gets that other account. She's going to get it. She's going to yeah. get just Courtney Elmer. <laughs> but, but for now, Courtney Elmer underscore. And as always, you can follow me at Julie Lauren 14 And thank you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.